Hello everybody, my name is Ben Schluter and welcome to episode 10 of the two-point conversion. Um, before we start this bit of a thing that I'd like to mention, um, I'm going to be changing the name of the main podcast thingy, the one that gets released usually on like Saturdays uh, from Outward Thoughts so that it's more obvious that it's changed its focus because originally it was going to be more of just like general opinions, but then I realized like I don't want to do just general opinions, I mainly want to focus on sports, so I'm changing the name. Uh, you'll see that reflected in the episodes going forward, but I'm not really thinking of changing the older episodes just because those, you know, have a more consistent feel or, and also to be quite honest, it would make zero sense to do that when you would hear at the beginning of each of them that this is Outward Thoughts and then you see the title and it's like, no, it's not. That would be confusing and I don't want to confuse. It's just much easier for me not to do that. So, uh, let's talk about this whole Saints game thingy. So, I have a thing that I gotta say about the ending of this game, but before we get to the ending of this game, we gotta talk about the rest of this game. So, first of all, uh, Saints played a pretty good game on offense. Uh, you know, 12-14 on third down, really couldn't ask for much more, uh, converting that many third downs, just being so consistent on third down, really, really good to see, uh, 400-yard game, really, could you, could you ask for much more? Like, Saints were without their top two receivers, we were without Michael Thomas, we were without Emmanuel Sanders, and you would have expected the Saints not to be able to do as well on offense because of that, no, I mean, Breeze manages to find a way. That's his thing. I didn't know we would have Deontay Harris back. It was a great thing to have him because he's an extra threat uh, receiving-wise. Any guys that we can have out there are good. I mean, you saw that in that game with Mark... I don't know how to pronounce it. This is what gets me. So, I was watching the game and it was like, this Mark... Quez Callaway guy. Like, I don't know who this guy is. They finally showed he went to Tennessee, and I'm like, okay, I remember that name. I think I remembered that. And then I remembered, oh, wait, there was a guy named Marquez Callaway that I had remembered from Tennessee. So either they were mispronouncing his name in college, or they're mispronouncing his name now. One of the two things is true. Well, alternatively, it's possible that they're mispronouncing it both times, and it's pronounced completely differently, like it's pronounced Marquez, or Marquette, I don't know how you'd mispronounce it, all I know is that that was confusing until I finally recognized it, and he had a breakout performance, he had an absolutely incredible performance, it sucked that at the end he uh, was limping off the field, he got injured, uh, I don't know his status right now, because it's 10 o'clock the next day, so like, not much info there. Um, and another guy that went out, by the way, was, um, I believe Teron Armstead went out early first quarter, uh, with something to do with, like, his arm or something, which is not a good sign. But the offensive line looked good in this game. I mean, passing-wise, 277 yards, you expect that from Drew Brees. 30-37, it was a good game. Brees looked very good. Um, and by the way, wait, 30-37 because of... I'm trying to think. Taysom Hill must... Oh, yeah, that's right. Taysom Hill did have that uh, 
completion to Josh Hill, which was one of those really questionable play calls. I'm sorry, so you're going to put the ball in the hands of Taysom Hill, and then he throws it to Josh Hill at the line of scrimmage where he's then gobbled up. So you gain nothing on the play. This is one of those games where, yet again, Sean Payton and the New Orleans Saints in general had this game plan where, in it, they had, let's give Taysom Hill the ball for no reason. I will never understand it. Why would you ever give the ball to Taysom Hill in a situation that's absolutely crucial? Okay, fine, give it to him in situations where it's kind of, like, meaningless. Give it to him in situations where the game isn't close. Or give it to him in early game situations where it's like trying to figure out your rhythm a little bit and you want to throw off the other team. That's okay. It is not okay to do such a thing when it's actually crucial. Okay, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. But the most important thing is you have Drew Brees and you have Alvin Kamara. You not only have Drew Brees, possibly the greatest quarterback of all time, you also have Alvin Kamara who's one of the most electrifying running backs in the entire NFL. You could use Alvin Kamara in a wildcat, and it would make more sense. Because I trust him with the ball in his hands. With Taysom Hill, he's a bit of a wild card. Too much of a wild card. Because he's a bit iffy. Not only with the throw to Josh Hill, which didn't make any sense to me, why not just run the ball? You'd have probably gotten two yards instead of zero. Anything's better than nothing. Well, that's not true. Positive is better than negative. That's what I should say. There's no point in doing it. It really does annoy me when we keep on consistently doing that. Because other teams notice it. They game plan for it. They know Taysom Hill exists. They know we're going to try and give him the ball a couple times a game. So what do you do? You stack the box when you see him. You stack the box and you make sure there's a guy on the outside. Now, granted... We can get around that because if he finds a hole, he's going to be going for like 10, 12 yards. But we're only going to do that like once or twice a game. So you're good when you see him. Really just dumb in general, but not important. Ran the ball pretty consistently. Uh, 29 rushes, 138 yards, 4.8 yards per carry. That's what you need to do. That opening drive we had against the Panthers was incredible. It was methodical. It rammed the ball down the Panthers' throats in a way that the Saints desperately needed to. It took off like eight minutes. Eight minutes in the first quarter. Just gone. They didn't have it. Uh, what was the ending time of possession? So, we had the ball for 34 minutes and the Panthers had the ball for 25 minutes. That's incredible. Here's what's even more incredible to me. We ran 67 plays to the Panthers' 43. We held on to the ball, and we played a damn good game on offense. I have no qualms with the offense. Uh, yes, Drew Brees was strip-sacked at one point. That was bad. But when you don't send out your punter, period, I think you've done a pretty decent job. Defensively, we had some issues. Like, we only forced, what, one punt the entire game? Uh, we had that long touchdown thrown against us early where it was like R really really how long was that touchdown again um 74 yards yeah the 74 yard touchdown throw that was inexcusable defense just completely failed on that play and I don't know how it happened and then you had the other one that little pop pass from Bridgewater to Moore um which 
looking at it, I'm trying to see how Robertson doesn't get to DJ Moore. Craig Robertson had, like, nobody blocking him. He had a beeline to him, but I think the problem was that there was a guy blocking ahead of him that cut off the angle at just the right part where he wouldn't have been able to really get to Moore and knock him out uh, before Moore would have scored. So it's like, defense was getting decent pressure uh, for the game. But, like, you know, the main thing was they stepped up when it counted. That was important. And on the offensive side, another thing I need to mention is that, oh my goodness gracious, that drive at the end of the first half. Breeze just, we had one timeout. Minute 31 remaining. We needed to score because the Panthers were getting the ball to start the second half. We didn't want them to have a score and then start the second half, and then get another one. Breeze drives us down the field so well. Absolutely perfect on that drive. Um, Just what you expect, like a vintage Drew Breeze. And then, with five seconds left, I was confused as to why we were running a play with five seconds left instead of just kicking the field goal, but Drew Breeze just showed, no, trust me, I've got this. He had it. He, He got that. Why do I doubt Drew Brees sometimes? Just, why do I doubt him? He, he'll do his magic sometimes. Like, there are times when, of course, he shows us that, look, I'm still 40-something, but he's also Drew Brees. That was cool. But if there's one thing, one thing that I need to talk about, one thing that may take up a lot of time here, because, like, Watching that game, you could pretty much see a lot of the issues on the defense. Yeah, problems in the deep, problems in the secondary. The front seven did its job like it seems to do every single week. We did an incredible job on run defense. Like, holy cow, holding the Panthers to 37 rushing yards, 2.6 yards per carry. They could not run the ball. They didn't try to run the ball. That's something that's really good. But we've been pretty good with running defense for a couple years now. Like, it's been a while, I think, since the Saints have given up a 100-yard rusher. Um, Not exactly sure when the last time it was, but I think it was like two years ago. Two or three years ago uh, since the Saints last gave up a 100-yard rusher, which is incredible. Unless we gave one up uh, against the Packers, but... Eh. Either way. Pass defense... Bad. Just... You gave up 246 passing yards, 23 of 28 for Teddy Bridgewater, and that's 8.5 yards per pass. Now, I get there's one that was 74 yards long, so that's gonna be an outlier. But even then, you shouldn't have that problem. You really shouldn't have that problem. That kind of deep crap's gonna get you against every team. Especially because we have the Bucks in two weeks. Can't keep having that crap. You know what else you can't have? You can't have CJ Gardner-Johnson throwing down Robbie Anderson and getting flagged 15 yards. You can't have stupid stuff like that. That kind of crap is going to get you losses. It's going to give up points. That's what it did. 
it screwed us over. You cannot be stupid like that. Got to keep your head in the game. And a reminder that Michael Thomas and C.J. Gardner-Johnson were the two guys that got into it in practice. So he's got something going on that I don't know what it is, but that kind of crap kind of showed off maybe where that tension came in. It was really stupid. And penalties-wise, um, six penalties for 50 yards compared to the Panthers, one for five. Eesh. That is... Well, I would say that's bad. Six for 50 is pretty okay-ish uh, for an average NFL team. Like, yeah, if your team is penalized six times for 50 yards, I'd say that's not the worst possible thing, especially for the Saints. You know, talk about something stupid. All right. Let's get on to something that I need to go off about because I have never been more pissed off. So, first of all, here's my rationale for any team playing a team that I root for. If you're going to lose to us, try. Just try. Do not lose to us because you were stupid, because you didn't know how to play the game well. Do not lose to us because you didn't game plan well enough and we beat you because you were dumb. If you lose because of bad luck, that's one thing. That's okay. Luck doesn't always favor every team. Sometimes the ball doesn't bounce your way. And that's fine. I'm not pissed off at those. Because, you know, you tried. But when teams make really stupid mistakes, really stupid decisions that cost them games that they could have easily not done, and it wouldn't have been this way, I do get annoyed. Because you try and you win games. You make smart decisions. For example, last year, when the Saints played the Cowboys, I was pissed off throughout the game because the Cowboys weren't trying. I shouldn't be annoyed. I should be happy they're not doing it. But I get annoyed because they're not doing their job right of trying to beat us. They were being stupid and not doing anything smart. How in the world do you not throw deep passes more often when that was the only time you scored a touchdown? Morons. Now in this game, Panthers did a pretty decent job. Granted, they kept playing zone, and they didn't get as much pressure as they pretty much should have. And we made their defenders look silly. Granted, Drew Brees found every window that he possibly could, because he's Drew Brees and decided, Hi, I'm gonna just do my thing today. Lol. When Brees is on, he's on, and you're just gonna have to deal with it. But, Panthers, you're in a situation where you have the chance to do something, anything, like, oh, I don't know, win the game. So, why wouldn't you? Let me explain the whole scenario. So, it's the final play before the two-minute warning. It's a third down. The Saints get a crucial sack that pushes the Panthers to a fourth, and I'm going to have to double-check where this is. A fourth and 18 at the... or fourth and 19, according to ESPN, at the Saints' 47-yard line. So... 
4th and 19 or 4th and 18, whichever one, doesn't really matter. Uh, for this case, I'll say 4th and 18 because that's what the Fox graphic showed. Um, so in that instance, it's the two-minute warning. You're down three. Now, if you kick the field goal, you're kicking a 65-yard field goal. You're not only kicking a 65-yard field goal, which has never happened in the history of the NFL, by the way. No one's ever made one. You're kicking a 65-yard field goal with two minutes remaining. So let's take the time on the clock after it missed because it's pretty much going to be the same. A minute 55. You're going to tie the game with a minute 55 remaining. Then give Drew Brees the ball. And, you know... Hope and pray that you go to overtime and that you somehow manage to win the game. This is predicated on multiple things happening. Excuse me. First of all, you have to make the kick, which no one's ever done before. No one's ever made a 65-yard field goal. The record's 64, and that was done in Denver, which is a little bit easier because it's in high altitude. With that weather outside, it can help field goals go a little farther. So, there's you have to do something no one's ever done before. Then, you give the ball back to Drew Brees and the Saints with a minute 55 remaining. And I think the Saints had two timeouts at least. We at least had two timeouts. We may have had our entire arsenal of timeouts. You give the ball back to Drew Brees with a minute 55 remaining. The game is tied. So all the Saints have to do is get into field goal range and make a field goal. That's all they have to do. A reminder that the Saints have Will Lutz, who's one of the best kickers in the NFL. And his range is pretty far. So... If we're within, like, a 50-yard... We can get, like, within the range of a 50-yard field goal and win the game. But you know what? We wouldn't necessarily have to do that. Because we have Drew Brees. And what's Drew Brees going to do? Well, he might even score a touchdown. Because what did the Saints do in the first half? With a minute 31 and one timeout. They scored a touchdown drive with two seconds left on the clock. So we took a minute 29 to score a touchdown at the end of the first half with one timeout. You're giving the Saints a minute 55, which is a whole 20 seconds more to get into just field goal range, which is a whole 20 yards fewer to win the game. Now I ask you one question. In what universe does that make any sense? Why would you ever do that? The Fox broadcast showed that the percentages were worse if you kicked the field goal than if you went for it, but you didn't need statistics to tell you it was the dumbest possible move ever. And I just said why it was a dumb idea to kick the field goal that had never happened before. And yes, it was barely short. And if it was 10 yards closer, I would have still been like, this decision is kind of stupid, but I at least understand it. A little bit, because a 55-yard field goal makes some sense. A 65-yard field goal is ridiculous. I don't even care if he makes it. 65 yards is still ridiculous, because you cannot judge how smart or stupid a call is after it's happened. That's just wrong. You have to judge whether a call makes any sense at the time at which it's made. 
because, yeah, some calls look better in hindsight, but they were really stupid in foresight. Or they were really stupid at the time. And that's what's important. So, here's why not only just kicking the field goal was the dumb idea, but why maybe a 4th and 19 wasn't that hard to convert. Because a reminder, you don't necessarily have to convert that 4th down. You don't have to get all those yards. You just have to get a first down. What do you mean by that, Ben, you might be asking? Who are you going up against? The New Orleans Saints. And what do they have problems with? Penalties. They have a lot of problems with penalties. One of the most major problems that the Saints have is stupid penalties. Holding, pass interference, and a little bit of illegal contact. So what do you do if you're the Panthers? You set up routes. Like, I wish there was a play call for this. I don't know if any team has it, but frankly, I'd put it in the playbook somehow, where you're trying to draw penalties. The point is not to necessarily get the yards. The point is to draw a penalty and possibly get yards. What do I mean by that? Go deep. What's the one problem the Saints have? Deep coverage. So, you force the Saints to go deep. Here's what happens. Let's say you do this and your target is Marcus Williams. Your target isn't necessarily your receiver. Your target is the guy who's covering your receiver. You need to make sure you know what their mannerisms are. And you have to play mind games here. I know this is like playing mind games and not playing X's and O's, but guess what? Mind games can work. Because you do that. Either he commits a really stupid penalty, or let's say no penalty happens, we can't cover it, and you score. Or you convert, even. You don't necessarily score, because you don't technically have to. Uh, You could get the first down without scoring. But you're probably going to score. Or no, wait, hold on. This is at the 47. So, yeah, a third and 11 from the 40. Not from the 47-yard line. A third and 11 from the... This is really weird. So it's at the 39. So if you convert that, you get it to the 28. So you need to get to the 28-27-yard line. So you don't even need to score on this play. You just need to go deep. How unreasonable is it to think that this could happen? Honestly, I think the main issue, maybe, the one that I could see, is that you're scared that what happened on 3rd and 11 will happen again, and you're getting sacked, because yes, the Saints are going to send the house, and you don't have Russell Okung, and I get that, but if Bridgewater can get the ball out quick, or if, like, I'm thinking about this, and it still doesn't make any sense, and I still don't kick the field goal. I can see all the justification still in Matt Rule's head. Because Matt Rule had to make that decision. There's no way Joe Brady's making that stupid decision of not going for it on fourth down. Like, Joe Brady had a play ready. Almost certainly. He knew exactly what to call, or he had, like, some ideas of what he wanted to call on that play. In my head, it was like, they're going to go for it here because there's no way they're kicking the field goal. And then they kicked the field goal. And I was baffled, and I'm still baffled. Because... Like, you hear the confusion, right? How in the world does it come into your brain we should kick a 65-yard field goal with two minutes left to tie the game and then give the ball to Drew Brees, hope he doesn't score, hope we get the ball in overtime and score and win the game? All the things that need to happen for you to win the game 
when you kick that field goal, that's a lot of things. That's a lot of things. More things than need to happen if you go for it. Because if you go for it and you miss, it's the same thing as kicking the field goal and missing. But if you go for it and you make it, you can kill the clock. You can run it all the way down. Hell, if you can't score a touchdown, you can at least kick the field goal and go into overtime without giving Drew Brees the ball with a chance to win the game. All of that makes so much more sense than sending out your kicker to kick a 65-yard field goal. I don't know where in the back of Matt Rule's mind he got the idea of, nah, let's send out Joey Sly. And by the way, and I've... Didn't know about this until well after the game. On the video boards in the Superdome, they played Joey Sly's miss from last year. Uh, because, <laughs> I don't know, that that's the kind of pettiness that rivalries need to have. So, again, just... And I keep repeating myself because I've never been so confused in my entire life about a call. Never have I been so confused by that. Why in your right mind would you kick that field goal? Why in your right mind do you not send out your offense? Try and get those yards. Try something to get... Again, try something where you're forcing the Saints to commit a penalty, which they will do. Granted, we'd been getting better, but not much better. Like, Marcus Williams still had a stupid penalty. I mean, Garner Johnson, granted, that was a penalty to the sideline, but even then, he's still prone to making dumb mistakes. You cannot expect the Saints to be absolutely perfect, but the one thing that I know you don't want to risk is another sack. Because that would end the game too. But you know what? Kicking the field goal is the dumbest possible to say. I'm, I'm looking throughout my head, like, all of the things that you could use to justify kicking the field goal. But none of them make any more sense than going for it. Again, you're afraid of Teddy Bridgewater getting sacked? Okay, but no one's ever kicked a 65-yard field goal, and that thing is a high chance of getting blocked. Okay, you don't think you'll be able to convert it? But no one's ever kicked a 65-yard field goal. If you make it, you only tie the game. You give the ball to Drew Brees with two timeouts and a minute 55 remaining, and all he has to do is kick a field goal... The, the list, the list that you have to make of things that have to go right for you if you kick the field goal is so much longer than the list you have to make if you go for it. So, 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 so much longer. I know this has been rambly on this one topic, but it has never, ever, ever, ever happened to me where I've questioned this much a decision that's given my team a win. Where the dumbest possible decision you could make, the, the only dumber decision would have been to punt. The literal stupidest decision would have been to punt. The second stupidest decision was to kick a field goal. The second stupidest. So, you know what? Let me make this very simple and just make a quick list, make the full list of what needs to go right when you kick the field goal. 
of everything so that you can just grasp like listen to how much it is and then listen to the simplicity of going for it and I've said this before but wrap your head around it you have to make a field goal no kicker has ever made ever that only one kicker has ever gotten from within one yard of you then have to give the ball back to Drew Brees with a minute 55 remaining and two timeouts. You have to stop the offense from scoring in that situation. Brees has already done something to your defense in the first half with less time and with fewer timeouts. And he scored a touchdown on that drive. This time, he only needs a field goal. So you need to have a lot of confidence in your defense. I get that. But even then, you then are expecting to go into overtime. Of course, if your defense gets a three and out, you might be able to get the ball back. You might be able to get a chance to get into field goal range again for the game-winning field goal. But that's highly unlikely, and you know you're probably going to go for a tie. So you go for overtime. Then you have to win the coin toss in overtime. If you lose the coin toss, your defense then has to stop Drew Brees from going down the field and scoring a touchdown. If you manage to do that, the Saints still have the chance of kicking a field goal. If the Saints kick a field goal, then they kick the ball off to you, then you have to score a touchdown to win the game, or you can kick a field goal and tie the game, then give the ball back to the Saints where they have a chance to win the game with a field goal or a touchdown. All these things need to go right for you. You heard all of that? You heard everything that needs to go right, or all the possible scenarios that are very reasonable, most of them resulting in your loss? Then, there's the simple nature of just going for it on 4th and 18. Here's what can happen. You could get sacked. Oh no, I've been sacked on 4th and 18. We just got sacked on the previous play. We don't have our best offensive linemen, and the Saints are probably going to send the house. Okay, I understand your concern there. But what if that doesn't happen? What if, let's say, um, they actually get good protection? Because they've been getting decent protection like most of the game. And Bridgewater can move if necessary. And let's say Bridgewater moves out of the pocket and manages to throw the ball deep downfield to an open receiver. And they catch it for a first down, or even a touchdown. Or, that doesn't happen, but he gets rid of the ball, and there's a flag down because the Saints committed holding, or illegal contact, or even pass interference. That gives you an automatic first down. That's a very reasonable scenario. And, by the way, um, teams have converted 4th and 18s before, um, at least once. There's been at least one team, I don't know who but I know that at least one team's converted a 4th and 18 before. Oh yeah, wait, the Eagles once converted a 4th and 26. That's longer than 18 yards, and that's one. No team's ever kicked a 65-yard field goal and been successful. That's zero. One is greater than zero, meaning that statistically, you're better off going for it. You morons. All of that. All of that to win the game. All of that needed to win the game. Or even, let's say you don't even score a touchdown, and you kick the field goal, and you go into overtime, you don't give Drew Brees the shot of screwing that up. All of this. Just 
all of that stupidity when you kicked the field goal, taken away by trying. You surrendered when you kicked that field goal, Matt Rule. You surrendered and you admitted defeat. That's what I felt. That you had succumbed to the fact that you weren't going to win this game. That you weren't going to try and win this game by doing something and putting the ball in the hands of your playmaker, Teddy Bridgewater. Of your quarterback, Teddy Bridgewater. You didn't trust him enough to win the game is what I felt on that. You trusted your kicker to tie it. It was a moment of surrender that I haven't seen in a very long time. It isn't like a punt. A punt is surrendering, but it is in a moment of sheer dumbass surrendering. And I get it. Yes, if you kick it, it isn't really a surrender because you're just tying the game, but you're then giving the ball back. You're doing so many things, and you're putting all of this weight on the shoulders of a defense that has not been proven to do anything in the game. They couldn't force one punt. You thought they were going to force a punt now? Okay, fine, it's crunch time. But still, an absolutely ridiculous game. And I know I've harped on about this one call, like, the whole time, but I just cannot stop thinking about it. I have never been this mesmerized by a call in a Saints game in my entire life. Why the heck would you ever kick a 65-year... On that... I'll go to my grave continually just talking randomly, blabber, blabber, blabber. Oh my god, why did the Panthers kick that 65-yard field goal? I'll go insane talking about it. I'll just keep saying 65-yard field goal, 65-yard field goal. That's what it feels like. And I'm a Saints fan. Imagine as a Panthers fan what that's like. Knowing that your stupid coach called a 65-yard field goal in that situation. You gotta feel sick to your stomach. You gotta feel like they're the dumbest person in the history of the world. Because that that decision, by far, stupidest I've ever seen. Dan Quinn kicking the field goal down four. Even then, he trusted his team to make an onside kick. Even then, he's doing something where... Well, actually, no, that was stupid. Who am I kidding? That's probably the stupidest coaching decision. But I didn't watch that game live. So, for me... This game had the dumbest coaching decision at the end of a game I have ever seen. I hope never to see something worse. I would be very, very confused if I did. And I apologize for harping on about this for so long and for possibly repeating myself, but you have to understand that I, I may never understand this and I want to understand this. I need to understand in what universe it makes sense to kick that field goal. Because until I get the answer to that, I'll go crazy. Actually, Matt Rule will probably answer that question on a weekly radio show, let's be honest. Uh, We'll hear about that. Look, just... Panthers played a good game. They're a good team. They're not a great team, but they are a good football team. They're not bad by any stretch of the imagination. Um, they have good talent. Russell Okun being out is not a good sign at all because he's one of the guys that they desperately need when they have these new running backs. They don't have Christian McCaffrey, so you need that offensive line to be pretty good. Um, but yeah, I felt like the Panthers were a worthy opponent. They played us very well. 
They matched up with us very well. They always seem to. Saints and Panthers always seem to match up with each other very well um, for some reason. It's rare for the Panthers to absolutely annihilate the Saints. Um, it's usually a relatively close game within one or two scores. Like, even the, granted, I will say, the 2015 Panthers may have been a fraud just because of how close we played them with Luke McCown as our quarterback. Like, you only won because Josh Norman made the interception of his life and possibly the pick that kept him in the league because that guy is meh. Like, he's not bad, but he's not exactly great. So, yeah. This is another one of those great games in the Saints-Panthers rivalry. Um, really entertaining. Uh, if you were a neutral fan watching that, you got your money's worth. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that's going to do it for this episode of the Two Point Conversion. Sorry, again, that I rambled on and on about one play call, but it defined the game so heavily I couldn't stop talking about it. Um, so, yeah. The way it's going to work, by the way, with the Outward Thoughts name change, um, I have to figure out how to do that and all. Uh, so it may not be there by the time we do. Uh, I do the picks um, that come out on Thursday and the recap for the week. Um, and heck, that may become like the main focus, actually, the main show, with the extra like little thingies that may become less and less of a thing, and I may just do this as a weekly sports recap. Uh, we'll see what I do. Well, you will. I'll have to make those decisions myself. So yeah, this has been the Two Point Conversion Episode 10. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed it. I definitely did. If you want to find me on Twitter, you can find me at capital B-E-N, capital S, capital L, capital A, capital S-P-O-R-T-S. Find me on Instagram at Ben, at B Schluter, L-A. Um... I've been Ben Schluter. This has been the two-point conversion. I hope it's been successful. Until next time, bye-bye.